Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast family, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V, and that's why on your favorite podcast platform it reads Believe in the Comedy Field Field Report, and um, maybe it'll be a Christmas gift from Believe that I won't have to have that as the name of my show, which I did not even know that was going to happen, but you know, on episode um, 100 and something that we're at, man, that's how I've measured time since lockdown. Uh, you know, that's how it is and how it's going to be for, uh, for a while, I suppose. Anyways, on to this week's amazing guest. I Truly my oldest friend in comedy? I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I don't know how many friends you have. Oh boy, let's not. Yeah, we're we're, oh, we'll, oh, that'll be part of the pod. Get qualifying what counts as a friend or not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not friends with Russell so, anymore, so. All right, who's Russell? Yeah, who's? I don't know. Wasn't he called the Rape Joker at one point? He self self proclaimed right. title. That's sick. Yeah. Well, he'd probably make it today with all the other creeps out there. Sure, sure. <laughs> probably take down all the people. Like if he uh, only. Alice Hamilton had on her special. <laughs> we, should, we could edit in. Yeah, yeah. Russell Corona. Yeah, just do a little clipping. Um, one of my oldest friends. Such a funny, funny comedian. Um, please give it up for John Gold, everybody. It's actually Johnny Gold. Okay. That's how long we've been friends. I've changed my name. <laughs> you changed your name? Uh, do you go by John Johnny Gold? Uh, I like Johnny Gold just because mm-hmm. I was in love with this girl, and she'd go, Johnny, and I used to go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's so superficial. Right. First of all, Jake, I'd like to start the podcast mm-hmm. by saying thanks for inviting me and not returning my text to your 12th anniversary uh-huh. of your show when you had Chris Estrada, Robin Tran. I was going to come to that, but you never responded. I did respond. I gave you the address. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I take that back then because yeah. I love Robin Tran. Robin Tran's great. And I love uh, Chris Estrada. He's one of my favorite at, when I started going to Chatterbox. Right. It was weird. I used to see him there mm-hmm. and I think I don't know if he's still dating Katie French. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were both fantastic. I never understood Chris Estrada's comedy. Right. But then I saw his Hulu show. Right. And I said, now I get it. Because mm-hmm. maybe I just didn't get all the references. Like, right. when I'm talking about my life. Right. Growing up in San Francisco, maybe people don't understand. Right. But, but I love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And he's w- a true, like, this is a rarity. Like, born in L.A., came up in L.A., and it, like cut his teeth in doing comedy in LA and is now has his own show where he's the star. So awesome. Yeah. And I like Frankie Quinones because I I didn't know who he was but I he I love goofy comedy. He makes yeah. the cholo fit. Yeah. But he also does other things. Yeah, absolutely. You know that podcast The Good One? Mhm. Uh yeah, with Jesse David one, Fox, yeah. Right, he was one of the comics on The Uprise. Yeah. He's been doing comedy 20 years. Yeah. He just doesn't do cholo uh, personalities. He does like an English personality. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. I love it. And I just love the whole thing. And I like to see a local guy right. actually, you know, because Steve Hernandez has a lot of great comics in Chatterbox. I think that's great. He, he yeah. makes a very considered effort. He does. 
to like include people that are it's like they're have they you, live in LA County but they're not in LA. Yeah, have you been to his Sunday show? I have. It is got some yeah. killers on there. I mean it's been around a long time, man. It has. Yeah. He has a certain style he likes. Sure. You know, where maybe I wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how so? Did you say how so? I don't know. It's there's got to be an intelligent uh, mm-hmm. level to comedy, and I would say Steve Hernandez and a lot of those people, they just don't talk about stuff that maybe I would like. But that doesn't mean I won't go down and and do his open mic. Right. But I just. It's uh, it's hard to describe. I, I would say... Because I think what's interesting about Steve is he's very genuinely himself yeah, on stage. that's fine. I get it. People can be genuine, but he talks about the, the strangest things. Maybe maybe it's a cultural thing, or mm-hmm. maybe it's a, uh, a generational thing. Mm-hmm. I like his open mic, right? but I would say the comics he books are just completely opposite of what I like. Sure. But I go down there and watch it. Mm-hmm. And I like his. I love his wife Julia. Oh yeah, she's Julia's fantastic. I like her comedy. I think it's more my liking, and so right. not to put a downer on Stephen Hernandez, but right. I'm pretty sure he'll still do Chatterbox without my right. critic's choice. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, who would you want? I mean, like when you say, I'm very pompous, like you are, Jake. That's why I'm doing your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, I we're, like we're in a pompous neighborhood right now. Right. Where right? The, the most expensive grocery store in L.A. Yeah, this is Air way one. overpriced for the quality. <laughs> but maybe afterwards we'll get some smoothie, smoothie or some ice cream to forget about the bad food. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I, I thought we were going to a cafe, but this is cool. I dig it. Well, there's a big outdoor patio, so it doesn't look too annoying that we're doing a podcast. Well, to get back to your uh, – the reason I love Chris Estrada especially mm-hmm. – and I have a friend, Nick Laney. Uh, he's they, they talk about their life in a specific way right. where it's not hack. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of comics today, they like, I don't know if it's because of social media, right. but they like to write material that is so, <coughs> excuse me, it's just not very meaningful. Sure. It's not, I don't know, there's something missing. Right. It's like, like what they're talking about, Tinder and... <laughs> it, it's... it's Okay, I don't believe in the woke culture or the cancel culture. Uh-huh. Uh, let me explain. Uh-huh. I just write things and say things. Yeah. And then if somebody doesn't like it, they'll come up and tell me, and I'll have to deal with it. Right. But as far as the younger comics, I think they're trapped in this thing where they are talking about superficial things. Right. Maybe we're living in a superficial time. Too. Right. We're not living in the 60s. Right. I mean, I was raised... I was in the Black Panthers when I was six. Right. I knew who Harvey Milk was. Right. I, unlike Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. I know who Matthew Shepard was. Oh, you didn't have to look up the word feminism. No, no, you know, I didn't have to look up the, the fact that one of the people who killed Matthew Shepard was closetly gay. Yeah. And by him doing all that horrible material about gay people, mm-hmm. when all they want to do is be themselves. Yeah. And then you're taking that away from him. Listen, he could talk about whatever he wants. Right. Him and Ricky Gervais, all these older cops, Andrew Schultz, Joe Rogan. Right. I don't know what a woman is. Right. Really? Well, you're, you have, no, I don't like telling people I'm straight 
when I do a lot of this stuff on stage sure. because I think it's a cop-out. So mm -hmm. when I talk about gay rights and trans rights, mm -hmm. I talk about why don't we just accept people for who they are. Right. But we haven't done that since the beginning of time. Right. We've killed so many people. Yeah. And that's the great irony specifically about Dave is that he defends black people so hard for the right for them to be who they are. Sure. And then he doesn't seem to connect the dots to other people. Hey. <laughs> it is yeah. a live podcast, Anna. How pretentious am I holding a microphone on whatever this street is? <laughs> that's funny. How do you know her? Uh, that's an audio cameo of Hannah Einbinder. Who's Hannah? She's a comic. She's a comic and co-star of HBO's Hacks. Oh, yeah. I love your show. <laughs> Did she hear she, me? No, she's on a phone call. <laughs> God, this turkey so dry, I can't stop coughing. I love her show. Her show's great. And I love uh, Gene Smart, who was the original Eileen Warnes in the TV movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. was way better. She was so ruthless. Mm -hmm. I mean, Charlize Theron was great. But, right. Uh, Gene Smart is amazing. Right. I love that show. Before we go any further, for yeah. some context, for the listeners, how long have we known each other? 2000. About the time YouTube started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, YouTube started like 05, right? No, but I remember you used to play the guitar on stage, and we used to make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I'm just kidding. So I've known John Johnny since I started comedy right. in 2010. I've actually known John longer than that because I did. I went to this open mic in Long Beach that no longer exists, Portfolio's Coffee House, in 2009. Oh wow! And then I would drive my no longer friend Russell. Yeah, who's that? Right. Um, and because. He was interested in becoming the next Adam Carolla. Oh, boy. Thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, I heard Adam Carolla. My brother called me. He goes, there's a guy named Adam Carolla on Fox News. He says he can't say anything anymore. Right. Well, who cares? He, what do you mean you can't say anything anymore? You can say whatever you want. Yeah. But you have to have a certain intelligence on behind what you say. Right. You just can't say, I don't understand the trans people. But who cares? Mm -hmm. That's hate speech. Right. Why don't you just go on your hate speech tour? Mm -hmm. Because these people who are famous, mm -hmm. a lot of people look up to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I get on stage mm -hmm. and talk about this, they always come up to me and they go, are you gay? <laughs> this oh, is boy. what we're dealing with, right. with people. Because right. nobody reads anymore. And I'm being harsh, but it's the truth. Right. Most comedy now... Mm -hmm is superficial right well because I, mean, you, I know you see different comedy yeah I'm you, talking about my comedy yeah because you perform I would say comedy in the fringes of like the greater LA area right and that is more representative of the rest of America it's almost like always doing road gigs yeah all the all the there's always a crowd out by my neighborhood right uh, when LA comics come out not all but when LA comics come out and do our area they often fail because they feel like they're an Arkansas. <laughs> you know, they're like, they're like, what's the name of this place? Red Lands. I'm like, dude, you could do 30 minutes here and practice for your special. Right. But they don't see that. Right. Do you know who Jessica Rosas is? She's actually. Yeah, uh, yeah vaguely, yeah. She's really good. She comes out, she works on her material, and she has to drive, but right. you get paid out there. Right. So you're right. I. Do do comedy in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The last thing I did was a Carol Newell show, mm -hmm. and 
the Berkshire House. Sure, yeah, he's down in La Brea. There's a big I, sports I, bar. I hate to say it, I felt like I was playing in the shallow end of the pool. It was <laughs> such bad confidence. When oh, yeah. I got up there, I felt like I was Richard Pryor. Sure. Because I had this material, and they're just, like, looking at me. But everybody down there was just, it's not comedy anymore. I right. don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Lenny Bruce. Right. He got arrested mm-hmm. for what Norm McDonald, not Norm McDonald, take that back. Right. Uh, Adam Carolla thinks he can't say it. Right. No, you can say it. Yeah. Just be a human being about it. Right. I had this thought about free speech, because people have all these takes. Of course... The point of free speech is allowing you to say what you want. But I think a crucial element to having free speech truly work in a society is you have to listen to other people and you have to think about what you're saying. Does that make sense? Okay. Because a lot of people who are free speech warriors, they like saying, they'll, they like testing the waters by saying the most fucked up shit sure. just to say it. Well, a lot of comics, especially newer comics, and the scene I'm in, mm-hmm. uh, the comics are, are in the Inland Empire and the surrounding areas, right. wherever, even Placentia or Orange County, right. they're very new. Sure. So you're going to get a lot of people that do shop comedy because they feel like the audience, you know, the worst thing you can do as an artist is walk into a mm-hmm. group of 100 audience members mm-hmm. and go, oh, yeah, they're going to really like me talking about it. You know, and why I hate gay people, right. whatever. Right. But it's a big mistake. They're all people who are trying to like emulate Bill Burr, and they can't. They're far from it. Right. That could be it too. I don't know all these people. All I know is that when somebody tells me they've been doing comedy, because I came up in the generation where they would brutally roast you. Right. Like if you bombed, you yeah. had to go home. Yeah. They right. wouldn't even want to see you. Tell for the listeners, tell people because you started comedy way before me, and right. at that time in LA, as you've told me, and tell me if I'm wrong, right. uh, there wasn't a lot of stage time, so you had to play black rooms. Yeah, I did. I played. Uh, I felt like you were Charlie Rose, but without all the backstory. <laughs> the good, <thank laughs> the you. good Charlie. Rose. <laughs> Who ever thought he was pervy? I mean, that's how that works. Is whoever <laughs> thought, right? Yeah. So. I did, and th- that's because I grew up with the Black Panthers as a six-year-old. Uh-huh. I thought I'd have something to say there, right. but I was completely wrong. Uh-huh. This is where I first encountered homophobia mm-hmm. because I asked this one comic. He wouldn't even talk to me. He acted like I wasn't there. He'd go, what did that guy say? Because I was so bad at comedy. What year was this, do you think? Like 2004. Okay. So I said, why are all these black comics homophobic? Right. And they go, because gays compared to struggles to blacks. I go, okay, talk about that. Right. That could be great. Right. But stop with the uh, you know, like these jokes that Dave Chappelle's Ted said and my brother pinpointed it perfectly. Mm-hmm. He said when he was homeless in 79 in downtown LA mm-hmm. he heard all those jokes at the welfare office. <laughs> and that's where I think you would hear them. Right. Because I saw Dave Chappelle on that Netflix uh, thing he did for the school. Right. He said in 10 years that special is going to be legendary. Right. No, it's not. No. Because if you're not my age and you don't believe in gender fluidity and all the stuff that people want to be for themselves, right. then you're not a human being in my opinion. Right. Either that or you're closeted gay, and if you are, get help. Right. That's okay. Right. Just come out. Mm-hmm. If he wants to come out, if uh, Ricky Gervais and Bill Burr don't understand why people are from the 
trans community mm -hmm. like they have in their jokes, right? Then just come out. Why do you even need to say it? Yeah. Sabrina Jalees, you know Sabrina Jalees? No, I don't so know. Any comic, you know, they sound so far out of my league. <laughs> they do. Right. Like you knew that famous person walking down the street, and I yelled at her. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I think that's part of why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do it all the time. But that young lady, I love her in that show. I got to catch up. I think they've done two or three seasons. Two seasons. Yeah, yeah gonna I love her. And she's a stand-up. Yeah. But Sabrina Jalees, she's a great comic. This um, Middle Eastern lesbian woman doing stand-up here in uh, L.A. Uh, now. I think she's from Canada. She has a great line about, like, you know, because as a queer woman coming up in the culture she did, that was, there was a lot of hurdles to overcome. And then when hanging out with other queer friends, uh, she feels, she finds that she gets defensive when polyamory is introduced. Oh, okay. And, like, she she feels like she gets like almost I think Westboro Baptist Church about it you know like not my town oh I see yeah and then yeah. she thought about it, like what is it like and she came to this realization that she doesn't necessarily have to understand it to be on board you can just be supportive of it because that's who those people are well I mean I saw a trans comic at Chatterbox yeah she was fantastic do you remember who I don't remember her name I'm horrible with names yeah I remember Skippy Sprinkles because I was in Las Vegas. And he's sure. Crazy. Sure. <laughs> I, I named that, and I also like sprinkles on my ice cream. Uh -huh. We'll get after this. Yeah, yeah. But um, I met her, and I asked her, I go, man, you really take your time on stage. Mm -hmm. I didn't go, hey, have you had your surgery yet? I just right. treat people like, I think one of my best friends, Esmeralda, Mm -hmm. Somebody asked her, they go, how did you get along with John? He goes, because he never judged me. Mm -hmm. He just treated me. What are we doing? Right. Like the shooting another gay nightclub in Colorado. Yeah. One of my friends from Long Beach, Robbie Ravenwood. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know him. He's mm -hmm. a ukulele player. Right. Goes, oh, I remember Robbie. Yeah. He goes, yeah. An another people kill for being themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people miss. Listen, if you're... Whatever you are, mm -hmm. first of all, it's none of my business. Right. So if you want to tell me that you're trans or you're demisexual or if right. you're this or you're that, right. that's your first. That would be like if I went to my next door neighbor, he's got four kids, and go, hey, let's get rid of your kids. And they're <laughs> like, why? Because I hate kids. Mm -hmm. I don't hate kids, but I just want to do it. Mm -hmm. Why did the what is the uh, the, the Mormon religion. Why, when I did all those shows in Long Beach about Proposition 8, mm -hmm. why did they fund 30 millions of dollars not to have gay marriage? Mm -hmm. But what do they care? Right. Who cares? If you're gay and you're a Mormon, you're going to come out eventually. Yeah. And then I watched Nathaniel. Right. I felt bad for Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. Because the way he came out gay. Yeah. 2022 mm -hmm. was almost like he was coming out as an alien right from another absolutely the way he looked tortured on stage now I don't know how much that was exaggerated but uh, I probably not very much why does a guy who just wants to be himself mm -hmm. you know I mean there's so many other things to talk about why not uplift the person right but if they're gay and they have a boyfriend they adopt a kid. Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with uh, Adam Carolla? Not right. understanding. I don't. Every old comic 
Mm-hmm. I don't need a lot of younger comics say there's cancel culture. Sure. But I just don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe if you're going to say something on stage, be skilled enough to know how to talk about a certain subject. Sure. You're not going to get arrested like Lenny Bruce. They waited for him no. off the stage to arrest him. Yeah, and the people who complain about not being able to say anything largely retain their audience, continue to make bunches of money. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and Dave, Dave in in his latest appearance, he was uh, hosting SNL for, you know, and he's gotten in trouble for, um, you know, having a somewhat like it's it's you can't say it's necessarily pro anti-semitic but the way that he presented a lot of his ideas um made it seem as though like you know all right i mean isn't there something to the jews maybe i don't know i'm just asking questions no i i agree i i uh, being a quarter jew uh-huh. maybe I, I care about a quarter much what dave Chappelle says sure but a lot of people love his special which is so weird. I, I don't get it. I uh, listen. Well, I know he's a legend. The man is a billion times more famous than me. Yeah. I'd rather die on stage saying what I really believe in. Uh-huh. I believe is intellectually right. on the high mark. Right. That's where I go for. Right. So, if he wants to undercut the certain things, listen. That thing he did about George Floyd was beautiful. Right. Which is, I argue is more spoken word than comedy. I, I mean, it's Dave Chappelle, yeah. so it doesn't matter if it's comedy or spoken word. Right. He did it. It was during COVID. Right. He called it 846. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you like it or not, it was uplifting. Yeah. It, it, he didn't go, well, George, I mean, like he did in the closer. Well, you know, George Floyd, you know, he's not really a man, like right. J.K. Rowling said. Right. Why do you, I get so pissed off when mm-hmm. Supposedly, now right. we don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, these are straight people. Sure. Why do they care so much about other people's lives? Right. You know my working sort of joke theory about that. Right. Is they're jealous. Okay. That they when they grew up, they didn't have these options. Right. You know, there there was very much right. just a binary. I have a joke where I say they ask about racism, and I go, "No, it's like." When your daughter gets married, certain generations, you take your grandmother's wedding ring and give it to her and go pass this down. Right. And here's your grandfather's clan outfit. Pass this <laughs> down to her. Yeah. And that's what we're going through right. with gays, with whatever person you want to talk about that's deemed different. Right. right. Until the world, even if the world exploded tomorrow, right. the first person come back, you might see a person that's like a different color. Right. And I'm pretty sure they would be mean to those people. So for no reason. Right. I don't know what the answer is, Jake. I don't either. As an artist, I just think that to be, you know, appreciated for that horrible comedy. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, can't we just criticize comedy again? Yeah. From the back of the room like I like to do. (laughs) Oh, like, uh, this is one of the, our, me and John, Johnny's favorite pastimes when we started. He has a friend. That I guess by proxy ended up being my friend a little bit. Right. Bobby Kern. Oh yeah. Um, who is, shall we say, not well? Well, I can't. I'll tell you off there. I don't want to talk about him. Okay, fair. I'll tell you a lot. Okay. Yeah, he's he did make, but we did sit in the back. Yeah, and you know, he he would try to sell art on stage <laughs> during his slide. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll put it this way. 
Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm at a comedy show. Uh-huh. By, by my house, everybody knows me, so I could sit in the back and make fun of the comic on stage. Yeah, that's uh, that's tried and true pastime for comedians. Right. But when I'm down here in Hollywood, mm-hmm. I forget where I am. Like, I was sitting in the back of that mm-hmm. Berkshire house, and there was this guy next right. to me. Right. And I leaned over, and I said, if that was my mom on stage, I would have slit her throat at five years old. Oh, it's cool. horrible. And he goes, well, are you? I forgot. Oh shit! I'm not in the Inland Empire. I'm up down uh, in Hollywood. Oh boy! I had to explain myself. He goes, "No, explain yourself." And I go, "Well, I mean, what is she talking about? She's screaming uh-huh. about something. I don't know what it is." Then we ended up becoming friends, but I had to smooth it over. <laughs> Jesus! I forgot where I was. What was she screaming about? That was it was just dramatic. horrible comedy. Sure. If nothing. It's it's kind of like I just think a lot of people don't take this as a fine art. Right. That's a big problem. I, there's so much self-deprecation in comedy right. that sometimes comedians forget that they are artists. Like, I love Frankie Quinones, but he's a goofy... I love goofy comedy. Right. I love him. I don't see him doing anything that is hurtful. He's it's like a very... His whole thing is about loving everybody. Right. And so, if look, I know we're going to have outliers like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais doesn't understand what a woman is. Yeah. I mean, guys, he looked in the mirror. Right. Like, who the fuck is fucking looking at your face? I mean, he... shut the fuck up. He used to be good looking. But, I mean, yeah. let's start... What I say in my act is let's start judging people by how much money they owe you. That's <laughs> what I want. Death penalty for certain people that owe me money. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to say that on your podcast because I know you reach a lot. Mm-hmm. And I love that you had Hassan on. Yeah. That was great. He had the best White House correspondence. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that wasn't really comedy. That was like eye-opening for yeah. a younger guy, too. No, he came in with an agenda. Yeah, he came, that's what I love. Yeah. And it was good. It was positive. Right. right. So I know that you always want to talk about the issues. Right. What are those, like, what constitutes the issue for you? Like, and how do you synthesize that into, like, a joke or, like, something you want to talk about on stage versus, like, I mean, do you even worry about Clapter? Um, I had this argument. Okay, Dave Chappelle said to Will Smith mm-hmm. when he was trying to stand up, if nothing be interesting. Right. And I was talking to my friend Nick Laney about it. He goes, no, you got to be funny. And that's where I kind of, the lines get convoluted. Mm-hmm. When I talk about things, mm-hmm. I really am looking for silence on the fact. Because like, right. I do a lot of shitty ones. And I'm doing 20 and 30 minutes now. Mm-hmm. I did this place called Buckeye Jacks. That was badass. I loved it because... Where where is this? It's in the high desert. Oh, boy. Travis Tappleshay, Brendan Sowers, great guys. Uh But it it was refreshing because, yeah, okay, I don't know what kind of people in there because I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But I could talk about things for elongated time without people laughing. But I also do jokes about my mom and my dad Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like... You know, is everything working okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If something pops up, like my mom spurned on this whole thing about Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. She calls me and she goes, doesn't it look like Joe Biden is always walking through the wrong door? (laughs) And I just wrote a bunch of stuff off that. Yeah, yeah. Or if uh, like the trans and the gay rights, Mm -hmm. because I grew up in San Francisco and Harvey Milk, Mm -hmm. you know, I I was a child, but... I knew about AIDS before it was AIDS. Right. And so it really resonates with mm-hmm. me. Harvey Milk, mm-hmm. 
James Baldwin, another gay right. activist. Uh, mm -hmm. So I try to take that. Then I see scenes from a marriage. Right. I wrote some uh, bits about my relationship, like right. only a woman can you can get ready to go to bed. You know how they'd always be brushing their teeth, mm -hmm. and then he, she can just look. Only a woman can look at you and go, "I don't love you anymore. Let's <laughs> go to bed." <laughs> then you're being tortured. You right. can't sleep. Right. So you know anything that spurns me. Uh, politically, I love politics. Right. Would and you describe yourself as a political comedian? Yeah, I would say I'm like yeah. a socio-economical, economic yeah. comedian that loves politics. But I like to make it goofy. Right. I'm not going to be talking like Lenny Bruce when he right. went on and on about religion. Sure. I, I like to end it like Frankie Quinones. Right. Like kind of like goofy. Right. You know, like when I talk about my dad dying. Mm-hmm. I said he died two days before my birthday, which is kind of rude because he always gave me a hundred dollars. <laughs> so it's not—it's got some depth to it right. and intelligence. Right. And another thing, nobody else like say what you want about me. Maybe I should be more famous than I am. That's uh -huh. fine. Right. That's my fault. Uh -huh. But nobody sounds like me. That's all I care about. Nobody's right. ever coming to you. You know what? I saw this guy. He sounds like you. Every comic that I see sounds like. Something of another comic, sure, and that is dangerous, right? Right? Maybe they're just starting out. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that happens naturally when you start out, is you end up inadvertently doing an impression of somebody. And that was why I did slam poetry. Right. I was always doing poetry to meet women ever since I was like twelve. Yeah. So that was my passion. Right. And then I really couldn't figure out how to make people laugh yet, but that helped. Right. It did help because I remember the first times I saw you. What was interesting. And I would like look forward to you going on stage. Is how you would talk about love. Yeah. And no, and like you, it didn't devolve into a dick joke. You like no, talked I about don't do dick joke. Well, I have one dick joke that I say my dick is like Eli Manning, who's only pleased two women his whole life. He's <laughs> two Super Bowl. I just don't feel comfortable with that. Sure. I never, even when I was your age, I, mm -hmm. even, right. I never talked about my dick. Who talks about the fucking dick? Right. I don't know what it is. Right. It's it's a. Go to therapy. There's a comic in the Inland Empire that talks about cock rings for a long time. Sure. I want to go up to him and say, I have a number of a therapist. <laughs> I will give it to you if you stop doing this horrible material. Right. But then again, I look at him and I go, okay, he's 30. Mm -hmm. He's young. Right. I give, I give that a lot of weight. Sure. If I see a comic that's 25 mm -hmm. and he's talking about things that talking about what's happening with the illegal bombing in Iraq. Right. I get it. Right. So I don't, I just think that a lot of bookers, mm -hmm. and maybe you know a lot of bookers that don't do this, mm -hmm. they just look as me, look as at me as odd sometimes. They tell me, hey, right. I'd love to have you on my show. I've had to convince people to put me on their show before. Right. I'd say, I would say this, this, and this, but I don't say anything. My friend Nick Lenny was a clean comic. He goes, John, you're actually a clean comic, but for some reason you have a perception of saying weird things. Mm -hmm. You mean defending human rights? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there, there, like clean comedy is not only like no swearing yeah, and I no heard your podcast with the guy from. Uh, I'm trying to put a, a thing together. I have his card mm -hmm. to, to get a showcase at his club. Sure. Because he said he. He explained. He said, right. "No tea bagging." I'm like, "There's another one that I." If somebody says that, I'm like, 
Like, you're my age. Are right. you okay? You have three kids. Talk about something real. Right. One guy talked about a woman defecating on him. This is just... Right. And that's where it's important that, like, you don't get caught up in the grind of comedy and you live your life separate from it. Oh, that's a good point. You yeah. have other things that you're interested in. And that always encourages and informs your comedy and expands your perspective in a way that like um, you know if you idolize people like George Carlin or Richard Pryor I mean they lived a life you know yeah they have kids and they did their thing and got set on fire yeah no I mean I, I, I don't know I, I just think that mm-hmm. I don't know how we could become dumber mm-hmm. with all this information that's I, I, I still believe we're a test generation for that. That the, the us collectively haven't adjusted to having all that information available at all times. Right. Oh, that makes sense. You know. I mean, I'm 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 open to hear counter arguments to my why people are dumb, but I can't name very many comics that really talk about anything of substantial nature. Uh-huh. I mean, I try to watch your friend Mikey. Uh huh. Mikey. He's always on my Instagram. He has a show uh-huh. that he's going to go to. Uh-huh. You know, he's got like a surfer hair. Uh-huh. I mean... I uh, can't remember his name. I'll, I'll, think, I'll think of him in a second. But I just give people opportunities, but then they always end up going to some dumb sexual joke. Sure. Or... So... You know who you should listen to then is James Fritz. James Fritz is like a, yeah. a political comic. That's I'm, cool. He's great. Well, I thought Jimmy Dore was till I saw him at Flappers. Oh, well, Jimmy... Oh, my goodness. It took was, a big turn a few years ago. He was talking again about... He's not... Oh, I can't use the word this word again. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reason. You could never use that word. Right. Okay, if I use that word on stage, I take... It's from based on my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I compare Trump to my stepdad. I said sometimes people take Trump at his word. Right. But my stepdad talked just like Trump. He would say to us at dinner, he would call my my mom Carol. Right. Carol, you have one kid that's a fag mm-hmm. and one kid that's retarded. But we're gonna get through this. Oh boy. And so it's it's I'm if somebody came up and said, John, you can't say that word, mm-hmm. I would say you're right. But then I would do it anyway, but I'm not. It's coming from my life, right. and I know people get triggered on words. I'm not stupid, mm-hmm. but um, these words that people use, they just don't know how to build them into their set. Well, because they don't want to build them in; they want to use it to shock people. Yeah, like Howard Stern. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Although Howard's kind of gotten past that. Now. I mean, Maria Bamford, mm-hmm. she's from Super Original, and when I when Chris Adams had her headline. I asked her to do that bit that she does about that one soul singer. She has a small bit about it. Alisa Keys. Yeah. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. I go, I love that bit. And she doesn't do it. Right. That means everybody. For me. But, you mm-hmm. know, not many. Eddie Pepitone is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him. Well, the, the All he does is put down. All I do is put down myself. I'm not going to be putting down other people unless... I'm in an open mic and I'm just going insane. Right. Well, I will say, <laughs> you remember one time when I started doing stand-up, you, this is, again, at the, this place, Portfolios, somehow it happened where you signed up right before me, oh, no. and then you 
the host was about to take the mic from you as you got off stage and you're like no 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 no, i want to bring up my friend he's next and they're like okay and then you're like um before i bring up this next comic i just want to let people know that like five thousand men died in iraq and let's just take a moment of silence for that Okay, uh, let's give it up for Jake Kroger, everybody. The best thing I ever did, my pièce de résistance and portfolio, is I told two times. Uh-huh. I said I was the new chef at <laughs> and I was going to have to ask all the poor people to leave because right. we're going to have, you know, uh, steak tartare, which none of you cheap motherfuckers know what it is. And then one time... Except that guy, Jack, who would always... Oh, yeah. And then one time I said, would you like to do an improv exercise? So this is when they kicked me out. <laughs> I go, I want everybody to get up. They all got up. I want us to move the furniture around for a feng shui. <laughs> so they're moving everything around. Here comes the owner coming around. She sees, like, Christmas trees being moved. She goes, ow. It was, like, one of my last sets. Long Beach isn't like that anymore. No. There no. is a good friend, uh, Kelly, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know her. Oh, does she do Brianna what? Kelly. Oh, okay. She does a lot of shows uh, okay. down there. No, I, I know of two regular shows that happen outside of the Long Beach Laugh Factory, which is um, Bear City, which is at Quesera. Oh, that's cool. Have you gone to it? I haven't yet. And then um, there's something called, I think, the Friend Zone or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's at some, at, like at some brewery. No. Yeah, I remember there used to be a mic every night, and um, all of us would show up at the same mic. Right, it was awesome. Yeah, it was the Pucabara Mondays. Right. And then... Uh, for Viento, Viento y Agua on Tuesdays? Yeah. Oh, I love that room. Yeah, Portfolios on Wednesdays. I did a lot of Proposition 8 uh, fundraisers. Yeah, at Viento y Agua? Yeah, yeah. gay marriage. Yeah. I'd always go, I don't know when they say vote no on eight or yes, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Some people took it literally. I go, no, I'm just kidding. Right. I still don't know. But it, <laughs> I still don't. All I know is gay marriage has nothing to do with straight or religious See, this is why they have those behind-the-scenes things in Scenes of a Marriage, is right. the, the people don't get... Well, oh, they think it's real. <laughs> they think it's, it's a home together. They, they want to make sure. <laughs> no, it's fake. That's hilarious. Maybe they should do that for everything. Like, <laughs> they didn't do that for the Superman movies. Right. Well, I mean, that's actually a studied thing with, like, the Colbert Report. Uh-huh. There, were, there were, like, a significant amount of people, not the majority, but a significant amount of people that liked it because they agreed with the character. Yeah. Some people, when you say stuff on stage and they go, you know, like, they're usually drunk. Like, wow, that was harsh. And I'm like, you've never seen a movie? Right. You walk out, you don't think you're going to get, right. it's not the Hunger Games. Well, maybe it is in L.A., but right. you're not going to go out and right. get shot. Maybe right. you will. I don't I don't know what you do. Right. Jake, Jake, you see way more comedy than I do. Yeah. Like, don't you see it? Every night. See it every night. Yeah. Wow. Like, where's your favorite stuff to do down here I mean I I really try to like if I find myself going to one place too much I'll like take a break so like I've, I went to the Elysian for like two and a half weeks because they were having their festival where they did all these weird experimental original productions that yeah it was really really great um, and then I'm like okay let's take a break from the Elysian and let me like I haven't been to the improv in a while let's check out the improv let's Maybe stop by the store because I really want to not lose a grasp of what the scene's like. Just because right. you know, oh, you know, I'm, the, this lineup might be better or whatever. 
that's that's cool. So you get all different facets. Yeah. You get the dumb comedy at the clubs. I mean, I mean, I know there. Yeah. I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah. There is some people. There are some people that talk about certain things. Right. Like my friend Nick Laney just did potluck, mm-hmm. and he said it's awesome. It's very well produced now by Emily, and it's, sure, it's streamlined. You right. email. Right. You don't have to hang around like a, when I when when, when I started potluck uh, at the comedy store. I uh, had to deal with this guy Tommy, who got fired, thankfully. Right. Um, but like it was always just a big mystery how you got up and whenever whenever you would go to the store as a new comic and you're like asking how to get up people would just give you the runaround like oh you gotta talk to this guy Tommy and he was insane yeah he was insane but then people were like oh you just missed him and you would just walk around in circles he ended up supposedly what they what they fired him for is he was stealing from the till but people fucking hated him yeah, I remember Matt Claybrook told me, go up there and talk to him. And I go, tell him, I go, uh, Tommy, can I get something? He goes, I've seen you, but you can't, don't, don't bother me right now. And that's the last time I ever talked to him. Uh-huh. But remember before, I don't know if you were going down there during Kill Tony, I but it would be 171 people signing up. I went and did right. it a couple times. To I do a, one minute. I did, I got, well, no, first it was potluck. Okay. And then afterwards, if you didn't get on potluck, you go to Kill Tony to do the main. I've done Kill Tony. Right. It was, it was weird. I did it. I, the only reason I got on the first time is Anthony Jeselnik was the host. Sure. Everybody left. They didn't want to hear his critique. Oh, boy. That was in the belly. That's funny. I go, there's no more comics here. There's still an hour to go. Yeah. And they go, Johnny Gold. <laughs> he was stoned. Sure. He wasn't really. That's another thing that I want to talk about is. I don't like the drugs and alcohol in mm-hmm. comedy, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of well, it's not like it used to be. Like people aren't like Kennison anymore. No, they're not. It's not that, but there's a lot more dangerous drugs going around. Oh, you're talking about fentanyl and everything. Yeah, and yeah. then also people that do comedy high or light comedy high or oh, light yeah. comedy stone. Like I listened to Mrs. Hamilton. You had her on. Sure. Here, and she's saying I'm high all the time. It's just I don't know how you. Right. Well, Did I mean, get high? no, but you talked to Doug, ben- Doug Benson made a whole career off of it. All right. One guy. Out of <laughs> how many people are in the world now? 800 billion or whatever. 8 billion. Yeah. No, they need to do away with it. Sure. Because you don't write good material. You ever hear a comic go, I wrote this when I was high. I just leave it. It's <laughs> horrible. Oh boy. You want to do some comedy news, John? Yes, I do. All I've been right. waiting for that segment since <laughs> I'm one of your number one fans. <laughs> Oh, he's the uh, self-proclaimed president of our fan right. club. All right. Uh, we'll start uh, with this news story. Um, JFL, just for laughs is expanding internationally and uh, for the first time they're doing it outside of North America I mean technically they've been international for uh, doing their festival that they've been known for in Montreal forever but now um, oh and they've also done uh, excursions out into like Cancun and whatnot. they're having their very first festival in March of next year in London it'll be the first Just for Laughs London, um, and that will take over the 
O2 Arena, which is the biggest venue in London, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, they're really, they're really trying to pack it out uh, with a star-studded lineup. And I'm, I don't know if you guys can hear the intonation of my voice. I am vamping to pull up the story. Here we are. Okay, so Thursday, March 2nd to Sunday, March 5th in the O2 Arena. And so far, they just made their first lineup announcement this week, and though, which includes Ryan Reynolds, Graham Norton, Catherine Ryan, who is an expat, Reggie Watts, As- Ashling B., Richard Curtis, Rob Delaney, The Horn Section, Adam Buxton, Best of Bug, Craig Robinson, The Nasty Delicious, The Receipts Podcast Live, Max and Ivans, The Wrestling, uh, Springleaf, James A. A. Caster, Nish Kumar, Elise James, and John Robbins Live, Shabarek Korshandi, It Was the 90s, All Kill and No Filla, A Gay and A Non Gay, Stamp Town, Luisa Omelon, Randy Feltface, Darren Harriet, Just, Jessica Foster Q. Fuck It Up Club, this is by Kimah Bob, and uh, shows put on by Comic Relief. Oh, wow. So yeah. they're going to benefit certain people. Yeah, for the Comic Relief branch. It's not going to be the whole festival. Right. Yeah. Is this just for laughs for up-and-coming comics? JFL New Faces is. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So New Faces is one Weren't facet. Were you in the running to get on that? I was in the running to perhaps book it, and then that God, didn't... That's... That, cool. And that, that didn't have awesome. It would have, wouldn't it? Because that wouldn't one guy it? got fired. I, I saw a documentary. I think it was on Amazon. With, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know the comics who were on there. When he, he was on there. He wore a hat. Oh yeah, people hate. I, look, there's as someone who used to wear hats all the time. <laughs> there is a type of hat for every face, and Jeff Singer did not pick the correct hat. <laughs> yeah, he had. Uh, he had. The, there's a group of comics that. I watched the whole thing. Right. And I would have never guessed what he did some cringy stuff. Right. Well, I mean, from what I understand, oh, just lovely, lovely city. Those are like mini bikes. Why are they so loud? It's I, weird. Yeah, because they don't have the proper muffler or something. There's that one girl that was, she's really good. I think she's from New York. Uh-huh. She's blonde hair. I can't remember her name. Rosebud Baker. That's it. Yeah. She was on his episode for right. You know, right. they went through the audition process. All right. I thought that, that would have been perfect for you. Well, what happened? Uh, you know, it's... Uh, Who got it? Um, some. This is the problem. is Most of those positions end up going to agency people. Oh, like somebody at CAA. Right. It's not that I don't know those the, uh, the people that give out those jobs. It's just like agency people spend more time behind the scenes than I do. They watch it, more comedy than no, 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 no. They, I watch more comedy than them, no question. Right. They just spend more time in conference rooms and rooms with all the people that make those decisions. Oh, so they'll, they're, they're like you're leaving a room. Like, I've worked with people before. Right. Like, okay, you're going to do it. Yeah. It's just easy. It's easier. It's in their circle. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I should be booking late night. I should be. I mean, yeah. and I get to do some stuff like that, you know, but. What do you get to do? That's well, well, so you mentioned that Vultures comedians you shouldn't know. Well, I, I'm very much a part of that every and year. the guy that does the good one. Yeah. He's part of that, too. Yeah. Basically, everybody who writes about comedy at Vulture is a part of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a, so cool. it's a very significant part of that. Um, so, 
Uh, have you ever gone? I'm. Mean, you've been to England, right? Yeah. Well, I. It's a good question. I was overseas for quite a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I went to. Yes, I was at the Heathrow Airport. That was uh -huh. like, trying to catch a plane. That right. Was a disaster. Although when I went there, they had great tea. Yeah. Do it upright. Well, I mean that. I mean, yeah. They. they yeah. yeah. And the and the cream you put in is like it's amazing. Right. But what, why? Oh no! I was gonna ask if you have ever done comedy in England. No, Would I've you never done. That's when I was in the military. No, I've never done a comedy abroad. Uh huh. I mean, if you count Portland, Oregon, uh huh, <laughs> Chicago, right, New York, here. Uh -huh. I'm trying yeah. to think, I've done a lot of weird spots. From what I understand, uh, people in England like Americans talking shit about America. Do yeah, you, that's great. Do you think you'd fare well? Yes. <laughs> of course, because I love politics. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I mean, I don't know per se talking shit. I just think that they're a little more sophisticated. Uh-huh. Maybe. I mean, I think... I don't know. My mom told me that when I was in the military. Sure. Aren't people more sophisticated over there? And I didn't even know what she meant because I was 20. I think that there's the same amount, same percentage of sophisticated people kind of almost everywhere. Well, I think maybe they're more well-read. I don't know. All sure. I know is if I went and did comedy there, maybe it would just be like here. I don't know. I mean, but then again, Ricky Gervais, huh? He's English. Right, but I don't like his comedy. I know. It's boring, and it's just, it's just, right. it's all like, it's like he's, uh, he's explains. He's like talking down to everyone like they're a moron. Yeah, like they're idiots. Yeah. Like when he when he does the Golden Globes, he has to explain why Leonardo DiCaprio likes young women. Right. So what? Just tell the joke. Nobody cares when. See, I think people think they're more exceptional mm -hmm. than they are. I always think before I go on stage, I'm shit. Sure. I let the ego go. Right. And I'm grateful. Do you do like an exercise to do that? My dad taught me uh, breathing exercises. Yeah, and I think about my dad. So you go through like a breathing exercise, think about your dad and ego death right before you go on stage? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't take that long. Oh, I okay. I be talking to you and right. doing it before I go on stage. Okay, cool. But I like to put myself in a depressed state <laughs> because my heart is, sure. you know, down. Right. You know, it, does it work all the time? Is it? You know how stand up Sure. Is. Sometimes you can get up there and feel like you're amazing and nobody's listening to you. To this day, John is, Johnny's still one of the only people who'd start off one step by just like, I want to lead everyone off in a prayer. <laughs> I got the people who've done that. Yeah. I haven't seen I, it though. Yeah. But you did it at like a mic. Yeah, I've done a lot of weird things. That's because I was trained as an actor first. Right. I, I don't like the parameters of a stand up. Stand up has all these rules. Yeah, but they're all ephemeral. Uh, you just lost me on that one. Okay. I, I, my vocabulary is pretty good. Ephemeral meaning? Well, I mean, I, they're fleeting, I would say. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, maybe they are. I'm not talking about, like, the scene that you might watch. They might be doing some beautiful things. Right. But for the most part, it's going to be set up punch and listening to some guy talk about things that I'm right. not interested in. Right, but that's a rule, but it's only a rule if you want it to be a rule. I think I'm that's more, yeah, when you, you were said about uh, Chappelle telling Will Smith, just be interesting. I think it's more that. It, well, listen, you can have a counter argument to that. Sure. Nick Laney had a good argument. He goes, no, I just want to make people laugh. I go, you know what, that's fine. Mm -hmm. We can agree to disagree. I agree to a certain extent, but in the end, mm -hmm. there's got to be some sort of laughter Sure, absolutely. Supposedly, or maybe not. Me, myself, mm -hmm. I like it when it's quiet. 
Right. Like, I performed with Nick mm-hmm. out of this Buckeye Jazz. Mm-hmm. They were just heckling everybody. Right. Nick Laney went up and just did his jokes, and everybody shut the fuck up. Right. So when I followed him, it was great. Right. Because I said, the three rapists left the building, <laughs> <laughs> and then they all got on board, and I get to do 25 minutes of just material. Right. I don't want to be trying to challenge, you know, the audience, but I know what you're talking about. Right. It is fleeting, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm, listen, I'm for both parts. I like... Right, John Mulaney, and I like uh, well, Lenny Bruce. I mean, at the same time, like I've seen Delia kill, and right. I want to rip my eyes out. Yeah, well, I know he's. Like, well, it's like it's not t- it's not invalid. All the, he's making all those people laugh, yeah. but I fucking hate it. Well, I was at the comedy store, and he had to follow Sebastian Maniscalco. A uh, Maniscalco, yeah. Maniscalco, yeah. And he, Maniscalco just did this really poignant thing about his relative having Alzheimer's. That destroyed the whole world. Right. And here comes Chris D'Elia. <laughs> puts his hat down on the stool. Mm-hmm. And this one guy gets up and he goes, are you going to go take a shit? And I thought, oh, God, i got to get out of here. <laughs> and he goes, women, man. It's just not my cup of tea. Listen, he's, he's done a lot of great things for himself. Mm-hmm. I don't like to get in. You know, that's one thing I didn't like about Miss Hamilton's right. uh, comedy thing. Is uh-huh. I don't think she's a comic. She sounds like she's just starting. I mean, she's like done... Like two to five years, maybe? I mean, she's, uh, I think, getting past, like, five, maybe yeah, longer. because you could tell by the delivery of the person. Well, it's, also, it's I mean... robotic, and, and then uh, it's just... I mean, all right, see, maybe you liked it. I heard the podcast. Right. If you're going to call all those people out, mm-hmm. and listen, you think I like what Louis C.K. did, or any right. of these people did, I do. Right. But instead of doing that, why don't you write some stuff that is going to be based and kind of about her life. If she just wanted to tell all these people that they're horrible, I don't see how that's going to make her mm. move up or maybe it's clicks on the internet. I think she just wanted to get it out, man. Well, I she should have gave her money to the to support one of the people that might be suing. I, uh, I don't get it. What does that have to do? I think she, I mean, she self-produced it. She yeah, self-released right. it. And I think from her experience and her perspective, it's just like, it's been more than she enough. She went Tyra <laughs> oh boy I saw him in Vegas Oh Ty Rivera Ty used to be like He would get up everywhere in LA I remember he came to the Coffee Haven once Because he was opening up for I believe Joe Coy Trying to Right He looks at everybody in the open mic He goes None of you are going to make it You don't know what the road is like Right <laughs> I just started laughing oh He's boy. an interesting guy man To yeah. this day He's just like When I saw him in Vegas mm-hmm. He was just like, he acted like he didn't know me. Yeah. He's just, it's a very, uh, whatever. One of the weirdest bits of money I've ever made was because of Ty. Ty, really? he commissioned me to rewrite his bio. Oh and I did. I thought I did a pretty good job. Right. And, he, and he was like, you know, it's good, but it's not my flavor. But then he just gave me 20 bucks anyway. That's all. It sounds like it takes a lot. It didn't take that long. I write a lot. What else is it? <laughs> what, oh, you want to move on? <laughs> no, I didn't know if, you, if I sidetracked you. No, 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 no. Yes, I, I'm, I'm taking over this podcast. I mean, that's usually what the Bouli- guest does. In front of Boulion. What uh, is that? Boulion. It's a uh, vegan Thai restaurant. Oh, people will really know where we are. Yeah, I know. But 
Um, okay, next news story. Uh, the in- Film Independent Spirit Award nominations were just released as of today of, uh, of this recording, and I'm glad to announce that Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, one of the best movies in, re- in recent memory, in my opinion. <laughs> it's just too much, man. Too much? Oh, is there too, too many uh, dildos? Mean, I like All the President's Men, and you know what I saw? The Front with Woody Allen. You ever see that one? I haven't gotten to the front. Where he's, mm-hmm. he works as a cashier. Sure. But during the uh, mm-hmm. the writers, when the communism bullshit was coming out of the 50s, sure. he would say he was the writer if people would give him the script, and mm-hmm. it all went to his head. Right. It was great. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch... So I don't like videos. I don't like movies that are constantly changing on the screen. Uh-huh. Like, I like to see two people... like. Three Days of the Condor, Uh-huh. Nope, that movie would never get made. You want to watch? You want to just watch people do my dinner with Andre over and over? Well, I didn't even. I never saw that, but I heard it's good. But I mean, I, that's like right. Max Vansato, who is in Three Days of the Condor, yeah. has a scene mm-hmm. that opens up like a play. Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Where do you get that? Mm-hmm. You don't get it anymore. Right. Somebody is writing it somewhere, but of course they can't get anywhere. Right, because they don't know the right people. Well, but good for them. They got the new award. They probably need the money. <laughs> I, I look at the other part. I go, man, good for them. They made a movie that made money. Well, I I think it's one of the more original movies that we've seen. And right. as far as like comedy, doesn't really get a lot of nods during award season. And the film Independent Spirit Awards happen, so cool. happens to be one of the few times they do. Um, so everything, everywhere, all at once, actually got. Um, eight nods, uh, including Best Feature, Best Lead Performance, Best Supporting Performance, Best Screenplay, and Best Director. And, uh, yeah, that it, it's kind of amazing that um, happened. And uh, the Film Independent Spirit Awards usually comes before the week before... Um, the Oscars. Yes, the Oscars. And uh, here, I'm looking at for other comedies that got nominated... Um, let's see here. Oh, Bodies, 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 uh, directed by Helena Rain, uh, got nominated for Best Director. Um, did you see that? No. I, that, didn't that, see, I haven't seen a lot of movies in the theater because COVID and also... Sure, but a lot of these ended up streaming. Uh, Best Lead Performance. Interestingly, non-gendered. So actors and actresses and everyone else are nominated here, so Best Leads. Um... Regina Hall for Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul got nominated, and uh, along with Michelle Yeoh. Um, let's see, other common... What about Whale? That, that's Whale, nice. Whale hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Breakthrough performance, Daniel Zogadri for Funny Pages, which I haven't even seen. Catherine Call Birdie, Lena Dunham's latest movie, Best Screenplay. Oh, I want to see that. I love Lena That was actually kind of I fun. Like Right. I don't like Judd Apatow. Well, this is the part of the podcast where I'm just going to start hating on everybody. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, expand on that, Johnny. Well, it's, it's because he's, like, overly sexually unintelligent. Sure. Oh, This is 40 is a great example of that. It's just everything, like when I was watching Pete Holmes and Crashing, which I love. Uh-huh. I don't know why they had to show him having sex. I don't want to see that motherfucker having sex. I don't want to see myself having sex. Right. It's just stupid. 
Right. I can't. Well, I mean, that is like, what's supposed to be funny is that well, sex is. Well, to the scene where he's eating afterwards. <laughs> 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 and he does a funny quip or something that Pete Holmes does. Sure. I mean, the way we were, did they show Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford having sex? They did, but it was so beautifully shot. Right. But I, that's the movies I liked. So, you know, what would I what, like? What was the last comedy you really enjoyed in theaters? Oh, man, that's a good question. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Poppins. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a movie. 500 Days of Summer came out after Mary Poppins. Yeah. Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't know. There hasn't been any. The funniest thing I've ever done in the mm-hmm. theater so far mm-hmm. is I went and saw Nope. Sure. I was in the theater. There was only seven of us because I was waiting for the traffic to die down because I was in Orange County. Sure. And then the scene where the chimpanzee eats all the people. Mm-hmm. I went out and I asked for my money back from the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Check this out, though. It gets worse. Right, yeah. He goes, no problem, sir. Just give me your check stub. And I'm like, no, I snuck into the movie. That's how bad it is. (laughs) You have to give me like free popcorn or something. You don't even take Apple Pay here. I just started going on a rant. That movie was, and then here's another guy that says he writes drinking coffee and smoking weed. The guy, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I love Keanu. It was cute because I love cats. I loved it. Right. Because of the cat. Right, but that's that's his past life. He doesn't want to do comedy. Yeah, yeah, I, I. a comedy movie like name some in the past 10 years of writing alright well I mean we can go down a, a, a list what I want to know from you yeah. is what alright all time what comedy deserves like a best picture Oscar that's a good one for you I like Annie Hall just sure. because I like the subtle references. Sure. And I love old-timey comedy. Right. I loved his comedy. I like Jack Benny. I like that timing comedy. Right. So I'm trying to get better at that. Sure. Um, the Jerk. Sure. Where he reads the letter when it's the ink is wet mm-hmm. in the bathtub. Right. When the lady leaves and he's like, whoa, because you know, of the wet. Right. Stupid. I mean, oh, that's a good one. I'd have to think. Anything that has sadness in it mixed with fun. Sure. You know, like Annie Hall sticks out. I, mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they're out there and they exist. Um, I mean, there have been things that are, I mean, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before. There seems to be an interesting line in the sand between comedies that you know Kevin Hart will star in right and then there are like awards like comedies like Wes Anderson whatever he does and like you know I mentioned Triangle of Sadness this you know um, I think Danish or Swedish director Ruben Oslund he's made like a trio of like really funny highly satirical comedies and they're very pointed you know Force Majeure is about toxic masculinity the square is about how pretentious the art world is, and Triangle of Sadness is just about rich, beautiful people. And then that Florence Jenkins with Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant. Oh, Foster Florence Jenkins. Yes. Well, I mean, that was just that's like a funny anecdote of history because that person was real. 
See, I like that kind of stuff. Okay. Like that kind of stuff. I, I don't like, uh, even though I did like the jerk. I mean, I guess that 40-year-old virgin was okay. I don't know, man. These are just like how I was raised. Mm -hmm. My parents were such snobs when it came to comedy. Right. So, like, if I put one of those shows on, they would call me stupid. Sure. So maybe I missed out right. on a lot of rom-coms or whatever that were great. Yeah. You know, so maybe I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's... I mean, there. That's what I, I I know is that there's always good stuff from every time. Right. But you have to go find it. Yeah, you do. And I, it's exhausting mm -hmm. looking on Netflix. Sure. Oh well, Netflix is not where you, you got to go look for yourself. I mean, you probably would love having a Criterion subscription. What is that? Well, so Criterion is that like. That sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two thousand dollars a year. No, 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 no. Criterion long is this for a long time was just this sort of box set sort of brand for DVDs that would that, you know um, they'd make exclusive poster art for these like films that were uh, highly important oh, okay. to the art of cinema right well, and, that's cool. and then they like put a bunch of stuff on streaming so they have their own streaming service where you get to watch all these like foreign films or like really independent movies that's, I love those yeah you know to find one of those when you're looking around mm -hmm. it, it's, it's awesome when you find something yeah. something with good acting sure I, I don't think you know Judd Apatow mm -hmm. is I don't know how much he cares about acting mm -hmm. but if you're going to do a comedy it has to have some depth to it. Sure. Like, so that, that's what I like. But I know you're right. There's like the Kevin Hart, the Tiffany Haddish, which fine. They want to make their money. I don't blame them. Yeah. They were like unknowns for 20 years. Get get paid. Yeah. Get paid, man. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't wouldn't want to live in my car. Right. It's horrible. Yeah. So, but do I have to see it? No. No. I would never watch it. And I would tell them if they were my friends, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. They would just say, tell me to shut up. Right. That's um, how long have you done comedy, John? Like about 18 years, 19 years. How, how has it changed for you in almost a score of years? I like working with younger comics. It, with, you know, there's this comic. Yeah, and you've always been like that. Yeah. There's this comic named Leo. Uh, he, you would love him because he's so honest. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll go up to a person and go, didn't you think the headliner bombed today? <laughs> the people that booked the show. Okay. Oh my God, I love this guy. Uh -huh. But he did, he bombed. Right. I go, well, well Leo, you really can't say that <laughs> to the guy who books the show. Right. He's probably not going to talk to you ever again because right. they're sensitive. Right. He goes, but they bombed and he's supposed to be this person. Right. And so, like, I, I like to work with younger comics and then not giving them advice, but just to, to see where they're at. And, you know, to basically, if I ever tell them anything, is don't take the cheap laugh. Mm -hmm. Don't be stupid or cringy. Right. Because a lot of young kids, mm -hmm. look, the young people I'm talking about, they grew up, some of these people grew up on the Kevin Hart films. Right. So, right. I mean, you think they're going to be talking about things? I don't know. Right. I, I only know two or three people in my scene mm -hmm. that I would even consider calling comics. Right. Because they're newer comics and they're 
you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're not a, a comic unless you've done this 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and done a lot of different layers of stuff, different rooms. Right. I hate to say this, the black, you know, this is stupid. Black rooms, Latino rooms, gay rooms, all these rooms should all be lumped into one person. It doesn't make any Which sense. Which is so kind stupid. of happening. Asian rooms. I don't give a shit. I'm talking about getting out, going to Hollywood, going to San Francisco, going to New York, and doing everything, just right. not staying in the scene, right. doing alternative comedy, right. and then maybe bombing. And yeah. I think I tell the younger comics that if you bomb, 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 bomb in the beginning, you'll get better toward the end. Right. Be fearless. Yeah. Be, just don't settle. No. You know? Yeah. Be Feel free. I, I try to tell this to junior comics either. No one will... No one will really get mad at you for being bad when you start, as long as they see work being put in. Sure. I mean, if you're seeing that, I, I, this girl, Melissa, she just started in our scene. Mm -hmm. I saw her talking about her life. She mm -hmm. must have been doing comedy two months. Right. Or three months. Right. And I said, I love your comedy because you're talking about yourself, which is rare. Because, you know, when you first start out doing comedy, you wouldn't even think that you look at your life and I bet you when Chris Estrada started out, he probably didn't think his life was good, could be funny. Right. I feel the same way. But the, after you do it for a while, some people don't talk about their personal life for 10 or 15 years. I feel like we're being invaded. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, that's, that's. I would say be kind, be grateful. I don't right. think a lot of artists are. Right. To be grateful to do what we do. Right. It's really a, It's something to be grateful and that's very evident every time you go on stage. I appreciate it. I try. I do talk a lot of shit. But <laughs> yeah, I, you do. I told Jay Light that, you know, listen, <laughs> don't edit this out. I'm not. But he, thank you. He comes out to the Inland Empire. Uh -huh. I want to give him the speech from Pulp Fiction. Uh -huh. Butch, Jay, you lost your L.A. privileges. <laughs> don't ever come out to the Inland Empire. Because this is what happens in our area. Some people book... The buddy system is another one. All these people out there, there's a COC, buddy system, Christian Key Tyler, I want to name them because right. your podcast is so big. Brandon Sowers, Travis Tapplesheh, right. uh, all these people out there, they get a sparkly feeling when they book a comic from L.A., okay. but what they don't know is a lot of these people are going to come out here and shit on our scene because right. they think it's low class, right. like gum under but if you do get a Jessica Rojas or a certain type of person that appreciates the area, mm -hmm. they'll come out, excuse me, and they'll kill it. Right. But I think a lot of these people that just start out think they book these people, they're going to do something for them. Jay Line ain't going to do shit for you. He ain't <laughs> even doing shit for himself. Right. I don't give a fuck who you out there. Listen, I love Daniel Letches. Remember Daniel Letches? Uh, yeah. Still wearing that goddamn hat. Yeah. He, he, God bless him. He came out and did comedy so sick at the hall at the Ontario Improv. Some friends of mine, right. he couldn't even talk, and he did thirty minutes. Right. But is Daniel Etches going to move your career forward? No. Why not build the local scene up to where you become the headliner and you bring up young comics? Right. And then they come out here mm -hmm. and they show their wares out here. Yeah. That's how a lot of smaller scenes work. Like that's yeah. how they're supposed to work. But you can't listen. What, being on this planet for a while, mm -hmm. my own family doesn't even listen to me. <laughs> I tell these people, 
to do it a certain way or why aren't you doing this or why did you book David Rosenberg to right. do crowd work twice on a show? Sure. I would have had him, like, if he was, I wish I could have ISIS come and kidnap him. <laughs> I told him to stop doing comedy a long time ago. Oh, but he's he found he found Jake, love. don't become he, he nice found... now. <laughs> oh, I'm not nice. Okay. Okay. And listen, I don't care because when I come down here, I treat this area with respect. Right. There's another group called Laugh Local. For some reason, they love to book Hollywood comics. Mm -hmm. They get out there. Jeremiah Watkins, he's like, what's this, Red Lands? Like I said at mm -hmm. the beginning. Yeah, no, yeah. it's Redlands, dummy. And start yeah. doing your stupid act, whatever it is. I don't like that. Like, mm -hmm. when we come down here from the area I'm in, mm -hmm. the people that do, there's not too many. Right. One or two. Mm -hmm. They come down here and do the stuff that they've been working on. Right. Like, Nick Laney went up to Pop Luck and did his set that he's been working on for the last five years, and he did great. He's great. He's a guy that has material. Right. He doesn't go up there and go, oh, what's that shirt you're wearing in the front row? Right. But that last Not at all. That's what I would say. Where Where are you looking to go in comedy after like eighteen years? I found a place where I wanted to shoot a special. And I mean, it's like an underground place mm -hmm. where they do poetry. Sure. In Riverside, mm -hmm. I would say I liked it. I'm I'm not a huge fan of is his name Aziz Ansari. Yeah, Aziz Ansari. Yeah. I loved his thirty minute special at the Comedy Cellar. Oh sure. Where he just like kind of showed up. And he talked. Yeah. When I see comics that are famous, they're always talking about stuff that us unfamous people have already talked about seven years ago. Yeah, but that's usually how that works. You know, I'm texting again, but I'm 50. You know, Dave right. Chappelle, that's right. a cell phone. Right. No, that's been going around since 2007, you dummy. Yeah. But I like the way it was 30 minutes long. Right. I don't know. I know a real special is supposed to be an hour. Maybe something like that. No, I mean. Maybe getting past at the Comedy Imagine. That's my next goal. That'd be great. That'd be amazing to see you at the Comedy Magic Club. I would Club. love to. Yeah. 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 That's the first guy I ever talked to in comedy. You know that? I didn't know that. I called him up. Yeah. I go, hey, well, how do you become a comic? Because <laughs> how long have you been doing it? I go, I haven't started. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yeah, the he most. Was, he was just like he was on your podcast. He right. goes, where are you located? I go, Torrance. Uh -huh. He goes, oh, go to Hermosa Beach. They have a mic there. And then call me in about 10 years. <laughs> I was like, cool. I didn't get mad. He was yeah. right. You Wait, it was the Club 705? Yeah, remember that? Club? Yeah. No, that was I did that one. Uh -huh. But no, this is a bar where it was a mixed mic. You know, I did sure. a lot of mixed mics. Well, Club Seven Hundred Five was a mixed mic, yeah. but they, they they put up with comics. They would give musicians yeah. like five songs. Yeah, that's how and, they and then they would give you six minutes. There's this place in Riverside where they don't do any. They they told comics never to come back <laughs> because a comic would say something right. and they go, "Let's try some poetry now." <laughs> like you know, like they were the dead, right. like they were the. Man, that's what happened in portfolios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of ruined it. Well, there were two. I always remember. I think Sam Shimamura and Grant Cotter ruining it. For yeah, that. they did because they would talk about horribly, overly sexual things that didn't make any sense. And then they would antagonize old people in the cafe. Oh, that's one more thing. I know we got to wrap it up. Right. One thing I notice about cancel culture and world culture and all mm -hmm. this, but it's okay to make fun of old people like me. <laughs> that, I that is something that yeah ages you know, ageism will go on forever yeah look at that old comic motherfucker <laughs> but I'm not like I don't do Jeff Foxworthy no you don't no he's no. horrible 
no. his through the good old days and yeah. all this. There's a guy named Scott, the one-liner guy, mm-hmm. and he's like ten years older than me. Right. He's just, you know, he talks about my baby, which I never want to be. Right. But what always strikes me, you're never trying to appear like young with like your comedy. No, I talk about being old. Yeah, but like yeah. you talk. There, uh, you talk about issues like somebody who is not necessarily like young, but they're right. not old. Exactly. That cares about stuff, but it doesn't come off as like, "Look, I'm trying to be hip and with it." Yeah. Like <laughs> if I have a black wife and, and she calls me honky. Mm-hmm. That's that Scott guy. Or I mean, there's, I mean, not to be a dead horse more. We're talking about Dave, but like right. Dave loves lording over this idea that he lives in Ohio over people like he right. is morally superior because he lives with poor white people oh is that it well he mentions right. that in his SNL monologue oh I live with the poor whites that's why I get why Trump's popular yeah I think when you become as popular as Dave Chappelle and his show uh, you know and everything Chappelle, yeah. I mean, and he's like he sells out arenas um it's really hard to I mean we can criticize his work just like if he saw me bomb he would go hey man mm-hmm. like Ian Edward saw me bomb once. right so how long have you been doing comedy? 12 years ago Jesus what have you been doing all <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. so that's okay to criticize his comedy right I think he's gone beyond yeah he has or now he's almost like Mark Twain yeah or not even Lenny Bruce he wants Lenny to Bruce he likes speaking in Bruce was funny yeah he likes Dave likes speaking in parables yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, to waste that much time, if he's trying to, like, send a private message to black people, right. and he also says gays aren't going to compare their struggle to us, right. he obviously, when I was in the Black Panthers as a child, and it absorbed in me much later on, right. they accepted everybody. Yeah. Poor, white, hungry kids that had no money, like me, they fed me every morning. Mm-hmm. I don't think James Baldwin had to move to Paris because he was gay. No. I just don't think he gets it. I think he looks at it like a typical straight, insecure Mm -hmm. male. Right. Which is shallow. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. sad. It is. But that's how most people think about gay people. Unfortunately. Still. Well, it's incrementally changing. And unfortunately, incremental change is never what people like to see. But that's just what the reality is. Well, then we'd still have the whole cost slavery indigenous people I mean the thing I is mean, that it all exists yeah I know I know I did a show for a lesbian mm-hmm. uh, fundraiser mm-hmm. Irvine right. they had police escorting him to their car oh this is when I first started right. before I even did comedy I just some lady goes I saw you in open mic you want to showcase this lesbian arts festival I go sure mm-hmm. because they were getting death threats oh boy that was like 2003 Jesus yeah. So I just don't, I don't know why. But it, I mean, that goes in line, like that happens, but also like there are plenty of non-binary comedians that are getting um, stage time and accolades as they deserve because they're very funny. And I also come from a generation too where you really never told people if you were straight or gay. No. Like I was in the don't ask, don't tell. Right, right, right. It was a guy to get over. Right. doesn't like people 
that are different. Right. Well, which they're gonna hang on that, which yeah. I think is totally bullshit. Not all, in general. I mean, right. There are some religious people that don't buy any of this shit. No. They don't go to church. Mm -hmm. They say that they pour this mm -hmm. colored ink into a clear. Well, next time you go up, lead a prayer <laughs> and be more inclusive. No, the first thing I ask my mom's uh -huh. church, I go, do you accept gay people? Uh -huh. They go, of course. We're good. Great. You should have a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. I, did, I had another church that say, no, we don't. Oh, uh, that's when I was dating Mindy. Oh, boy. Okay, let's end on Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's end on Mindy. Uh, John, it's been so great having you on. I love you. Let's go get some ice cream. Well, let's go get some ice cream. Uh, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you like to promote? Okay, now don't make fun of my social media. I'm not. JohnnyGold777. Sure. <laughs> on Instagram. Yep. And just Johnny Gold. I don't know what my Facebook is. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok. No, you're not. And uh, that's it, Johnny Gold 777. I like Instagram. Right. No, me too. It's simple. It's very simple. Uh, um, you can uh, find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com. I'm Jake Kruger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find it at the Comedy Bureau across platforms. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket at Twitter at Evan J. Kroger. So many great causes to support this time. It's, there are advocacy groups supporting the families uh, that were affected by that shooting in Colorado. Please support those. Uh, if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau so it can run another 12 years. It just turned 12 years old. Um, John, do you have anything to say as we sign off? This is a long time coming. Yes, I it think was. I should have came on before Hassan. <laughs> and oh. his, and by the way, uh -huh. he's listening. Uh -huh. you're, he's not. He's not. Which is sad. <laughs> it was too short. It was only like an hour. I I know. Was that Zoom? It was Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he lives in New York. Well, so what? Yeah. Zoom is free, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but no, he no. It's, I know he's got kids and he's, and he's running his production company. I I still think he. That's another thing. Like fame. Like I I just think you should be the same. Sure, I agree. No, I appreciate it. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. Next time we do this, mm -hmm. we won't be coming here because <laughs> the food is hey. not good. Jim. No, we'll go. Rice? No. We'll, we'll do it at Langer's. How about that? Do you think that they'll let us talk like this in there? Or they'll be like, this is Watergate all over <laughs> again. They're taping our conversations large. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that the one in That's uh, the Beverly Hills? No, 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 no. This is like the Oh, the one by MacArthur Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the place in, in Rodeo Drive. Mm -hmm. You know the pizza place they have there? I forget the name of it. Oh. It's fantastic. Oh. They have one in the Valley, too. Right. But next time we'll do it there. Yeah, next time we'll do it there. All right. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, live comedy is happening. Go, please go enjoy it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e 
AV on YouTube.